Well, last week, there were some beautiful flowers. Do you recall right there on a little stand? And in the bulletin, uh, it talked about who uh, was celebrating their anniversary. And since confession is good for the soul, uh, it was I who went and wrote down for my bride, who does the bulletin, uh, who the uh, flowers were for, wrote it down, um, and come to find out, I wrote down the wrong name. <laughs> so the folks who actually were celebrating their anniversary and put the flowers up here, um, anyway, were actually uh, one week late, sorry about that, but uh, Perry and Sandy Fortier, 43 years of marriage, Come on, let's stand. Come on. Yay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I really should look closer, don't you think? <laughs> uh, we are in week number two in our summer series in the book of Proverbs, Wisdom That Works. Last week I gave you a summer challenge, do you recall? Uh, to read the chapter of the book of Proverbs on the day of the month it is. So today is June 30, so if you're with the program, you should have already read or will read before you go to bed Proverbs chapter 30. Yesterday you would have read Proverbs chapter 29. What about tomorrow? Tomorrow is July 1st. What about chapter 31? I'll let you and the Holy Spirit wrestle on how you're going to handle that one, okay? Uh, but anyway, I, I just want to find out how many of you who committed to the summer challenge, and by the way, several hundred of you said, yep, count me in, I'm in, I'm going to, how many of you got off to a good start, and I'll, I'll be gracious, let's say you at least did four chapters during this past week, how many of you can say, yep, I'm still with you, I, I'm in the challenge, okay. Can I just tell you, that's a whole lot less hands than committed to it last week. So, uh, those of you who had a bad week, maybe you were really busy, uh, here, here's good news. You ready? You can join us starting today. Okay? Fresh start. Uh, and, and now you can join us. And today, before you go to bed, read Proverbs chapter 30. You can wrestle with the Lord how you're going to handle 31. And then tomorrow... You'll do chapter 1 and chapter 2, and anyway, this is a good thing. So if you didn't raise your hand, I double-dog dare you uh, to join the summer challenge and uh, join us, okay? This is the summer of wisdom, and we're going to do this uh, till the end of August. Uh, last week, we looked at wisdom and fearing God. Uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. That is the key verse, the key idea in the book of Proverbs. Um, and we found, listen, the fear of the Lord is not cowering and hiding and shaking in terror that God is mad at me and he's just waiting for me to mess up and, and then he's going to punish me and he can't wait. That's not the fear of the Lord, Bill. Just not. Instead, listen, the fear of the Lord is getting to the point where you can say to King Jesus, whatever you ask of me, the answer is yes. I'm a blank check. You fill it in. I'm going to sign my name at the bottom, and then you, you have permission. You have freedom, Lord. You do whatever you want in my life. 
That's the fear of the Lord. My family, my career, my money, my marriage, my hobby, my time, it's all yours, Lord. It's saying the thing I fear the most in life, catch this, the thing I fear the most in life is not having Jesus front and center as the priority, as the king, as the boss and savior of my life. That's what I fear the most. That's the heart and the essence of the fear of the Lord. And that's huge. Today, we're going to look at and examine wisdom's benefits. And, and catch this, next Sunday, we're going to launch some fireworks here in church. Sound pretty good? Uh, we're going to look at wisdom about sex. So again, come back for the fireworks next Sunday. It should be interesting. Um, today, turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, would you? Uh, wisdom offers some amazing benefits. When we live life according to the Lord's wisdom and knowledge, there's some amazing opportunities that come our way. And that's what we're going to look at today. Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 8, let's stand together. Let's out loud declare God's word to one another. Now, some, some of you, maybe you need reminded, why do we stand when we read God's word? Okay. Now, uh, when the bride appears and is about to come down the aisle, what, what do you do? Okay, when the president comes into a room and he's about to march in, what does everybody do? Stand is the right answer there, okay? Uh, you, you stand in reverence and awe and respect, and, and that's what we have. We have God's word. That's why we're standing. So let's read and declare God's word out loud. Here we go. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the benefits that you offer when we live life according to your book. And Lord, most of the world around us, they're not experiencing these benefits. Most of the people today that we rub shoulders with on a regular basis, they have no idea what it means to fear the Lord, to totally submit to your son Jesus. And Lord, I pray that they would start seeing that in us. I pray that they would begin to see the fear of the Lord regularly, daily, as they watch your church, your children live life totally submitted to your son Jesus. Lord, I, I thank you for those who uh, are taking up the challenge, Lord, and I pray that others would join us even today. Help us to make time. We usually, Lord, uh, make time for things that are a priority. I, I pray that getting wise would become a priority this summer for each and every one of us. So you nudge and prompt and 
and work in each of our hearts and lives. And Lord, I'm praying that we'd find time in this coming week, even during this holiday week, to dig into the book of wisdom. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, this opportunity we have to, uh, um, this holiday week, celebrate the founding of our nation. And Lord, the truth is, many of us here, we're disappointed in what's going on in our country today. And I'm praying that uh, we, even this week, where we celebrate the founding of our nation, may we shine bright. May Jesus Christ shine even brighter, even as we see our nation growing darker spiritually. Um, Lord, help us in the middle of a culture that many times is calling wrong right. Lord, help us to live strong, your word and your son, Jesus Christ. And like we do every Sunday, Lord, we want to invite now the presence of your Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. May that be welcomed in your church right now. We welcome you specifically, personally. You come take charge of my life. Take charge in each of our individual lives. And if there's anything that's preventing that from happening, any garbage that's causing our lives to stink, Lord, would you point that out? Because sin smells. It really does, Lord. We're, we're aware of that. So, so as you point that out, Lord, we're not going to just lay there. We're going to take the garbage out. We're going to do the U-turn. And we're going to run to the cross. And we're asking as we confess and calling what you're making clear right now, as we call it what you call it, it's sin, would you wash and cleanse and purify us? Lord, make us ready to do business and hear from you today. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake set in agreement. You may be seated. Verse 1, Proverbs chapter 3. My son, my children, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. This is kind of cool, okay? He's treating us here like children. He's kind of talking to us as though we were his children, the Heavenly Father, and now he's talking to us as his children. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've said yes by faith to the cross, you are the adopted, loved children of God. Is, is that not true? So we really are. This, he is talking to us, and, and he doesn't love us because he's stuck with us. Think about this. He loves us because he chose us. Travis, he, he personally hand-selected you to be adopted into his family. So he, he's now speaking to us, those that he chose, as his willingly, enthusiastically, enthusiastically adopted children into his royal family. And now he says, I have a few things to share with you. And today he's going to coach us. How can we be fully alive and enjoy all the benefits of knowing God in his wisdom. And, and here's what he says. Verse 1. Look at it. He says to us, adopted family, pay attention. Don't forget. Keep a hold of my teachings and my commands. He's talking about the word of God here. Okay? Uh, everywhere those words are used, where he's talking about 
the teachings and the commands of God, they're always in reference to God's Word, the Bible. You tracking with me? And he's saying, look at it, verse 1, look at it, pay attention, pay attention to my teachings and my commands. Hold on tight to them. Don't just put them in your brain and they fly away. Grab a hold of them. Now, why does God give us his teachings and his commands? Think with me. Two reasons. First, so that we can be successful in this life. We can have a successful, fruitful, Christ-honoring life. So that's the positive. What's the negative? What's the other reason he gives us his word? To protect us from harm. He's saying don't hurt yourself. When God says don't, He's not saying don't because he wants to make you miserable. He's saying don't touch. You're going to get burnt. It's going to hurt. It's going to injure and harm you. So he gives us his word to protect us. The teachings and commands protect us from harm. Think about it um, as our God-given security system. Okay. So I have a security system. And, and by the way, I set off the church security system last night. So if you saw police around here, it was me, okay? But we have a security system, why? Because it alerts us that somebody's come in the wrong way. Something's going on, it shouldn't be going on. Pay attention, okay? Now, now notice what he says. Put God's word, put God's teachings, look at verse 1, on your hearts and your minds so that you'll know when somebody's trying to break in. It, it's a security system to keep someone, a thief, from robbing us from long life, from lots of years of life and peace. Verse 2. Tracking with me? So, so pay attention. We're all going to pay attention to something, right? Verse 1, it's yelling, pay attention to the teaching commands that God has graciously given us in his book, the Bible. Why? Why, Jerry? I'm busy. <laughs> I got lots going on. What's the incentive? What's the carrot? What's the reason I should pay attention to God's word? And it's a really good carrot, okay? Look at verse 2. Uh, here's what it says. For they, the teaching and commands of the Bible, for they, you ready? Will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. The rewards that God passes out to his children are good. Every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, from the Lord of love. Okay? So every good thing you enjoy in life, think about it, all the good stuff you got right now. Okay, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Okay? You count them right now? Thinking, Myron, right now, what are the good things you're enjoying right now? Okay? Guess what? Every one of those is from the hand of Jesus. Every good gift James chapter 1 and verse 17 that we'll ever enjoy, that comes from Jesus, okay? That's, that's, that's the fact. Every good and godly thing that we enjoy today comes from the Lord above. Okay, now I have to go off on a little uh, rant, if you don't mind. Can you handle a little rant from Pastor Jeff? Okay, okay, because I just have to, because verse 2 is greatly abused. Um, 
Some people grab verse 2 and say, see, see, because now I'm offered here rich, uh, riches and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to be comfortable and I'm a member of Jesus' family so I get to live on top of the heap and he loves me better because well, I'm one of his kids. Um, that is in essence the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is materialism, the love of stuff, cloaked and masked in religion and it's ugly and it's not biblical so if you look at verse 2 and you say oh good I get to name it and then I can claim it that's garbage that's not found in God's Word um, prosperity gospel says this okay I can force God to give me the stuff I want I want riches I don't want to ever get sick Lord, put me in a wonderful little bubble, and now I get to be one of your kids in that way. If I name it and claim it by faith. Um, faith always has a focus. Listen close. This is huge. And the Bible teaches that the focus of faith is not my faith. The object of faith is not my faith. The object of faith is who? Jesus. That means I'm trusting Jesus to give me good gifts. I'm trusting Jesus to be God. I'm not God. I'm not calling the shots. I'm not in charge. That's what it means to trust Jesus. You tracking with me? And as soon as you start naming it and claiming it, you're not trusting Jesus. You're trusting your faith. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ. It's subtle it's ugly because he's God. And you know, the truth is, are you ready? This is, this is a fun verse. For he'll prolong your life and give you peace and prosperity. That's true. God's plan for our lives is good. Amen? But sometimes it's painful. <laughs> Slide down to verses 11 and 12. We're not going to cover these today. Because he even says, because sometimes this God who prospers me sometimes has to spank me. Anybody ever been spanked by the Lord? Um, <laughs> J.D., it hurts. Ouch! Uh, so, so that's not real prosperity. Oh, that's not fun. That's not a part of the plan. Uh, yes, it is. Here's the key. Are you ready? Verse 1. Get your eyes on Jesus and his word. Get and keep your eyes on Jesus because he's the giver of good gifts. Because when I get my eyes on the gifts... And I quit looking at the giver of good gifts, Jesus, then I get in trouble. And that's where this prosperity goofiness comes from. I get my eyes on the gifts and the blessings instead of the giver of good gifts. And I trust him, and Lord, you're going to bring to me exactly what I need, and that is good. That's what's great. you got a good plan. you got good ideas for my life, and I trust you, Lord. Verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Okay? What's he talking about there? Well, in Exodus 34, 6, the Lord passes in front of Moses. He's on Mount Sinai. Track with me just for a minute, okay? Moses is up. He's receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. In Exodus 34, 6, um, here's what the Lord says. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. 
So God announces to Moses, this is who I am. I am the God who is abounding in love and faithfulness. Now go back to verse 3. That's exactly what he says. Let love and faithfulness, because that's who God is at core, take root on your neck and on your heart. Okay? Uh, and when I am not believing that the Lord is loving and abounding in love and faithfulness, I'm in trouble, and so are you. You, you know what he's saying? Make sure that you know to your toes that Jesus loves you, and he's faithful. He's not fickle. He's not wishy-washy. He's strong, and he's true. Because on the cross, Jesus loved us sacrificially, unconditionally, and eternally. And I'll bet you some of you this week weren't sure whether Jesus loved you or not. Anybody? I had a bad week, and there was a few times I wasn't sure if Jesus really loved me, whether or not he was staying faithful to me. Maybe you wandered into sin. Maybe just some bad things, hard things happen, and you're just wondering, does he really love me? And, and when we feel that way, Peter, where do we look? Where, where do we look when, when we're wondering, does Jesus really love me? Where do we look? Say it. Why? Because that's the permanent reminder that you and I are loved unconditionally, sacrificially, eternally. So anytime this week now when you're wondering, does, does he really love me? Is he mad at me? Uh, is he really still being faithful to me? And, and where do we look? look? Look to the cross, okay? Now, go back to verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. The faithfulness and love of God, on, hold it tight. And here's how tight you're supposed to hold it. You're supposed to hold it like a choker chain that's welded on your neck. I don't know, Jeff, if, you, if you're pretty good with a welder, but, but let's just get a choker chain, and we're going to get it real tight, and we're going to weld it there, okay? That's, that's how strong you should get the love and the faithfulness of Jesus towards you on your life. Or think about this. We're going to get a tattoo artist, and he's going to come and write agape love on your heart. That's, that's the other object, he says. Look back at verse 3. Write it, write it on, on the necklace of your, of your neck, and then put it like tattoo ink that's been engraved on your heart, verse 3. Why do I need that? Because when you know to your toes that you're loved, and it's for keeps, and it's not going away, and Jesus is not fickle, and he's not wishy-washy or unstable in his love, look what happens to our lives. Verse 4. Here's the, here's the result. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. People are hungry, aren't they? And they're hungry to see genuine, agape-filled, generous, real followers of Jesus in action. That's what they're hungry for. People are hungry to see Jesus lived alive in front of them daily. And where does that begin? The steadfast love and the faithfulness of Jesus. I believe it. I got it around my neck. I got it engraved on my heart. And now I can launch out and live it in front of others. People are hungry to see that. <laughs> the early church started off with 12, right? And then slowly it went out from there. Paul went out, started sharing it 
all over the uh, ancient world, those few people turned the Roman world upside down. How did they do that? Think with me. How did they do it? Was it protest? Was it power? Did they write letters to their congressmen? Did, did, did they march around? How, how did they turn the Roman world upside down? You ready? They knew they were loved. They believed they were loved. They, they, they held it on their neck like a choker chain that was welded. They had the love of Christ tattooed on their hearts, and then they went out and lived that love. And listen closely. It's the love of Jesus Christ as we go into the world that will change our nation. Some of you right now are greatly discouraged. Oh, no. Let me just give you a bit of encouragement. As the world gets darker, light stands out brighter. Did you know that? And now, as you really live Jesus, I, the love of Christ now is, is, is like tattooed on me. And I believe it, and I know it to my toes, and now I start letting it shine. That's what changes lives. That's what makes people hungry to know Christ. And uh, unfortunately, the, the world thinks of church, and, well, those were those judgmental, bigoted, mean, ugly, ornery uh, people. They're not thinking of the love of Christ the steadfast love of Christ that splashes all over me. I'm just telling you, it's the love of Jesus as we go, lived out daily. That will change our nation, and nothing else will. I don't care who you vote in. I don't care how you pick it or what you do. That's going to change nothing. It's the love of Christ that changed the world, and that will do it in our nation as well. Okay, that felt good. And now we arrive, verse 5, at the most well-known verse in the book of Proverbs. One of my favorites. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Isn't that a good verse? <laughs> I, I just want you to know, Solomon right here is pointing ahead to one of his future ancestors. When he says, trust in the Lord with all, he's pointing ahead to the Messiah to come. He's pointing here to someone who hasn't yet been born here, and he's pointing to trust and put your confidence not in rules, not in regulations, not in man, not in some religious system. He says, listen, verse 5, put your trust fully and completely in Jesus Christ. That's who he's aiming at right here. Okay, Jesus deserves and demands all of our heart. Don't you believe that? Jesus deserves and, verse 5, demands all of wholehearted trust is the way you could say it. And, and I just want you to know too many of us claim the name of Jesus are quite honestly fairly half-hearted. I'll trust Jesus when I really have to. Back me in a corner, maybe I will. But normally we're fairly lukewarm and half-hearted in our commitment and trust to Jesus. My grandchildren are here for the holiday, and uh, our garage roof, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it slopes up, and, and there's a place where you can just... Anyway, there's a bunch of limbs that fell down on the garage, and uh, I said to Keith, my son-in-law, Can you, couldn't you put Levi up there? 
because he likes to do crazy stuff. Put him up there and have him throw the roofs, the limbs off the roof. So he went up there and he's throwing the limbs off the roof and having a great time and trying to hit Grandpa with the leaves, with the, uh, the limbs. Uh, anyway, he thought that was fun. And now he's done. He's got all the uh, limbs off the roof. And then it's time for Levi to get down. And, and you know how Levi wants to get down. And he stands there. And, and uh, his daddy, Keith, holds out his arms, and Levi launches himself into the air. And it's fun to see. I mean, just does a big dive, trusting, trusting that daddy's going to catch him. And, and daddy did. Here's my question. When's the last time you launched yourself out there and attempted something by faith that if Jesus didn't catch you, you are going to go splat. You see, that's what he's talking about here. Verse 5, look, trust in the Lord how? With all your heart. And might I just say, most of us, we're living a little too cautious these days. We're far too cautious. I'm not going near the edge. I'm not jumping off any roof. I'm not going to be radical. What if it doesn't work out? What if it hurts? When's the last time you attempted something that if Jesus didn't come through for you, you were in deep trouble? Verse 5, look at it again. I just want you to see. Because this kind of trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart, leaning not on your own understanding, I'm telling you that's real and that's daring and that's radical. And I just want to give you three quick examples. Are you ready? I won't have them stand because otherwise they might not come back if I'm making them stand all the time. But uh, Ed and Sherry Bradley, they just jumped off a roof. Matter of fact, they've been jumping off a roof for a while. Yeah, they've got children grown and they've got grandkids, and now they've brought in four. Actually, they've brought in seven who aren't their own. Um, and they said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to step up and we're, we're going to take care of them. This will be their home. And now, uh, three of those seven are going to be launched out and uh, Don and Kelly Powers. I don't know if you know this, but they're kind of staying up on there on the roof. And Don and Kelly's kids are raised and gone and off in the Army and living out with grandkids in Colorado. And now they're about to launch off and they're going to take three of those seven. And, and Jerry and Hillary have already just recently and officially, what is it, about a month ago or a couple weeks ago, now they've taken on, and their kids are grown and raised and moved on. And guess what? We're going to do something, and Lord, if you don't come through here, we're in big trouble. When is the last time you attempted something for King Jesus that if he didn't come through, you're in big trouble? And if you can't remember, look at verse 5. You're not trusting the Lord with all your heart. This should be a fairly regular thing. Okay, here we go, Lord. To trust means to lie down face on your face, spread eagled at the foot of the cross. And, and I told the Lord I wasn't willing to do this, but I guess I shouldn't say that. Because this is literally what it means. I'm sorry if you can't see me right now. Maybe that's good, because it's not good for my pride. But literally it means like this. That, that's where the word trust comes from. And I've never laid down in church before. It feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ta-da! Yeah. 
This is good. I got clapped for when I prayed the other day, so this is good too. And now I got clapped for when I laid down. So I'm getting used to uh, getting clapped for. for it. Uh, so what prevents us from this kind of bold, face-first, jumping in the arms of Jesus? Go back to verse 5 because there's an answer here. It says, lean not on your own understanding. And I would argue the problem is we are leaning on our own understanding. Okay? So whatever what I think should be is in conflict with God's word, the Bible, what wins? You tracking with me? That's really what it means. And lean not on your own under instead of trusting Jesus and his word, anytime something comes into my life and now here's what God's word says, but here's what I want to do, here's what's popular to do, here's what my friends are doing, what wins? That will tell you whether you're trusting the Lord or you're leaning on your own understanding. Uh, it's like really popular today, did you know that? That uh, most couples, before they get married, live together. Um, God's word calls that sin. But it just makes sense, Pastor Jeff. You don't understand. You know, we're, we're getting a head start. We're kind of living. We're putting our finances together. And uh, we're finding out if this is really uh, compatible or not. Um, okay, you, now you've hit one of those spots. Are you going to trust what the Lord says in his book is best and right? Or are you going to lean on your own understanding? Well, well, my friends all tell me that, that marijuana is the same as alcohol, only it's not as addictive and it's actually better. And, 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 and that's, why, that's why I'm involved with that. And, and besides, my knee hurts and it helps. Um, or my toe or whatever. Um, you going to trust in God's word? Or are you going to lean on your own understanding? I, I mean, I could just keep going on. There's lots of these examples. Have you got it by now? You plug your own thing in. But we all have an area where I think I got a better idea, and, and, and I think I can help God out. You know, I, I think it's okay because I don't like Washington, and I don't like what they're doing with my taxes, so it's okay that I cheat on my taxes. Okay, that's your idea. What's God's word have to say about it? Romans 13. <clears throat> Verse 7. I'll get off your toes. Here we go. Uh, Do not be wise in your own eyes. We'll stop. Warning, pride, arrogance, self-sufficiency, a spirit of pride and self-assured arrogance, are you ready, will destroy you and your family. Well, that seems strong, Pastor Jeff. Uh, let me read from you a couple of verses. James 4, 6. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. If you're proud and self-assured and arrogant and you want to do it your way, God says, I'm in opposition to that way of living. You're on the other team. You've joined Satan's team when you're thinking that way. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Proverbs 26, 12. Do you see a person who's wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Arrogant, self-centered pride is sin. And that's probably the chief sin that Christians are involved in because you can't see it so good and it's not obvious 
And, and it's, it's not real public, but I'm telling you, that's the sin that oftentimes besets us. Arrogant, self-centered pride is sin, and we need to do the U-turn from it. Verse 7b, fear the Lord and shun evil. Fearing the Lord is what? We said it last week. Willing to turn every area of my life over to Jesus. Especially those things that frighten me. Lord, even this area, this area scares me. This area makes me a little nervous. What do you fear more than you do the Lord Jesus? That's what really needs to get put on the table here. Okay? Willing to say today, Jesus, I'm a blank check. That's what we talked about last week. You fill in whatever you want. I'm yours. That's fear the Lord. And last part of verse 7, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Shun evil. Turning first from pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency. That's easy for you to say. Uh, shunning and running from sin in all its forms. Um, it, it's basically saying, Spencer, whatever sin that I regularly get involved with, those pet sins, those entangling, besetting sins, Lord, I'm going to keep turning from it, and I'm going to keep asking, Lord, what is it going to take to kill that with your power and your strength? I'm willing to kill it. Shun evil. I don't want evil. I don't want sin in my life. That's what he's talking about. Okay? So back to verse 7. Stay humble. Resist like crazy that I did it my way. I hate that song. That's the worst song. That is a stupid song. And I hope if you like that song that you go home and burn it. I'm sorry. I'm ranting today. Stay humble, burn that Sinatra song, fear the Lord Jesus, shun evil. John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement, said this, um, give me 100 people who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they're clergymen or laymen, such men will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of God on earth. Just give me a hundred of them, we'll turn the world upside down. Pretty cool, huh? It, just take a hundred people who will take verses 1 through 8 and start living them out. Put them into practice. Wisdom to live successfully, victoriously in this crazy world we live in. Okay, I want to close with the NIPJV. This is the New International Pastor Jeff version, okay? Here we go, verse 1. Grab hold of the teachings and the commands of the Bible and live them out daily. Verse 2. And God rewards obedience with good gifts. Verse 3. Like a diamond necklace that you cherish, like a tattoo on your heart, know and enjoy the faithfulness of Jesus for you. Verse 4. And enjoy the good name that living a loving and faithful life will bring your way. Verse 5. Jump from the roof onto Jesus with all your heart and quit believing the goofy ways of this world. Verse 6, submit your life totally to Jesus and his word and he will guide the path and he has a wonderful plan for you. Verse 7, knock off the pride, knock off the arrogance, make fearing and surrendering to Jesus and running from sin the priority of your life. Verse 8, and you'll enjoy a healthy, nourished, Jesus-filled life.
that's really good wisdom. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for your book. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharp, it's alive, it has the ability to go down deep. And Lord, we invite you to take your book and drive it home deep in each and every one of our hearts and souls, even right now. So we're listening, and we invite you to take your word and apply it to our lives as you see fit. So we're just going to quiet ourselves just for the next few moments, and we're asking that you'd speak as we listen. Lord, would you please make us hungry to completely enjoy the benefits of your wisdom? Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, and I love that verse 5. Help us to trust your son, Jesus, not half-heartedly, not when it's convenient, but completely, totally with all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that we might launch out and do something radical, that if, if you don't catch us and come through, we're in deep trouble. May we be willing to launch out and do uh, something that you make clear to us even this week ahead. Thank you for the wonderful gift of your word. Um, help us to shine bright. Help us, Lord, as we go in this coming week to splash the love and the reality of your son Jesus and his faithfulness to us in a very real way to the folks around us who are desperately in need of the answer, Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen. Let's stand as we close with a song to Jesus. <laughs>